Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and back with me for a wild Astros week as Sports Radio 610's Sean Bajani. And I got to start by asking you, Sean, do you feel good or bad after splitting four with the Yankees, even though it could have easily been a sweep? I feel pretty good about it. Um, obviously, yeah, it could have been a sweep when you get starting pitching um, like you did from your four uh, best guys. I mean, it was tremendous. You almost threw two no hitters and, you know, shut out baseball the rest of the way, damn near with the uh, two other starters. Uh, it was fantastic. Like the last couple of days I've heard, uh, or rather earlier today, I guess it's been, um, people have been saying, eh, eh, I'm satisfied. You know, the series left me wanting more. Not me, like if you really think about it. Like, we kind of got into this, you and I did last week when we were talking about baseball and the criticism of this ball club and, you know, particular players on it, like a Bregman, um, to name just one. But, like, we break these guys down with a fine-tooth comb. This is the best team in baseball they were going up against in a stacked house at Yankee Stadium, Judge doing his thing, Cole doing his thing. I mean, the Yankees are really freaking good, too. Um, I'm not tripping about this, man. Like, yeah, I think it was a really good series. It was competitive. It was an ALCS preview, probably, uh, again. And this is some of the best baseball that you can ask for. But this stuff is going to happen when you go up against another elite team. Presley's going to have a rough outing. Um, Cole's going to be gotten. Uh, You know, uh, Nestor Cortez is going to give up a long ball. And, you know, he's already been kind of slowing down the last couple of starts for him anyway. So, I mean, it's give and take. You know, the Yankees are probably having similar conversations uh, up there today. Um, you know, how satisfied are you? However, they are Yankees and they're probably thinking, oh, those cute little Astros came in and got two from us. Uh, you know, savor it while you can. We'll see in the ALCS and sweep your ass. They're probably, you know, a little cockier more than we are down here. But I thought it was a really good series and I'm pumped for the rest of the season. Yeah, you mentioned it, Presley. That's going to happen a couple times a year and you hope that's an outlier. But Sunday was another story, Sean, because Dusty, Dusty can get in these patterns where he falls in love with the veteran, even when the veteran doesn't have a long track record of being automatic. No idea why he goes with Phil Maton in the eighth when Maton looked shaky earlier in the series, not been great this year anyway. And he had a fully rested Seth Martinez and Brian Abreu with Martinez having been lights out since he's been called up. Then he pinch hits Jordan for Jake Myers, with the Astros' terrible catchers on deck, which makes literally no sense. You know they can just walk Jordan and go face one of those crappy catchers. He pinch hits with Castro. has got to be the worst hitter in baseball this year. Seems like total madness. And, Sean, one thing about Dusty, you give him a toy, he's going to play with it. So take away Dusty's garbage patch, Castro, and let's move on from Jason. I'm sorry, Jace, but you got to go. I can't defend the Castro move. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, he just built a house here in Houston. I don't know how much weight that has on the decisions that need to be made inside the clubhouse or the dugout or, you know, in the front office. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those situations where I feel like, you know, for Houston catchers, we've been in quite a bit over the course of the last 20 years. It seems to be like that position's really one of those, uh, you know, uh, thorns in the side for the Astros and its fans uh, in the light. But, Look, you know, Jordan pinch hitting for Myers in that situation, 
yeah, you can go another way. Absolutely. Um, Phil Maton, though, out of the bullpen in that spot, I feel like if you are going to want to trust your guys down the stretch, then you have to prepare them for such, and you have to get a feel for what they're capable of. And to act like, by the way, that Christian Javier and Jose Urquidy and Framber Valdez, all three of whom got starts and pitched fantastic in this series, like surprised you because they pitched so well in New York, all of them, literally all of them have done it before. You know, Christian Javier probably has the fewest reps aside from Urquidy and Framber, but we should know exactly who Framber and Urquidy are by now. And I think Maton, a guy like that, deserves a little bit more respect uh, for coming into a situation like that. It's a tough spot, a lot of pressure, big stage, but he's handled it before. It wasn't just a few days ago that he pitched, um, you know, uh, an immaculate inning and didn't even freaking care about it. <laughs> Maybe didn't even know about it. I don't know. I mean, that's just like that stoic face, that attitude, that character that I, to be honest with you, want on a mound. A guy that's going to get, you know, beat up a little bit, move on to the next pitch, move on to the next batter. And look, it didn't work out for Maton, but guess what? It didn't work out for Presley four days ago either. And He came back and got himself a save in a big spot. Yeah, I guess it's just Maton's been about the sixth best. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he's been about the sixth or seventh best reliever this year. For one of the best bullpens in all of baseball, though, Robert. You know, I mean, that's still saying something. I know, but why aren't you going with your best? Look, Maton last year was nothing special. He did really good in the playoffs, and I grant him that. But you can have a good or great two or three weeks, and it can be an outlier. And I'm not saying he's bad. It's just I I felt like you had better and more well-rested options. And Mayton, you know, he got got out of a jam, but it was a jam that he got in a couple of days earlier. And there's also Dusty pitching to Aaron Judge in extras instead of Rizzo. And Dusty's response, quote, well, Rizzo's been tough for years. What? Well, Aaron Judge, is he's one of the best hitters in baseball. You have two choices here. And there was an obvious option. Rizzo's OPS is about 200 points worse, Sean. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, uh, what was it, Sunday, yesterday's long ball? Um, you know, it was like an 83 mile per hour slider hanging over dead center middle of the plate that, you know, most guys, even if their ass goes one way and the barrel goes the other, probably going to give that one a pretty good poke and judge put it uh, exactly where it belonged in the, in the bleachers at Yankee stadium for another walk-off for him. But uh, look, I, I, the, the logic sometimes for dusty, especially a couple of different instances in this series is inarguable. Like you just, you're, you're left just scratching your head. You don't know what to do. But the players love him. You know, he's been great for this organization, for this core group of players the last couple of three years. And I don't think you could really ask for much, just given your options at the time. And so I'm ride or die with Dusty right now. But, yeah, he needs to kind of chill out on being so damn cute uh, with some of these weird, finicky, crazy old man decisions he's making. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense for, you know, modern baseball. And it doesn't make any sense for actually old baseball, too, because they're just bad decisions no matter – what, how you look at him? Yeah, you watch the games and you're kind of like, we're armchair quarterbacks at home, you know, on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. And we're like, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's that's just what frustrates you. But if you're not doing that in the course of a baseball season, what are you doing? That probably means your team isn't very good. That probably means they're not good enough to even care too much about it. And so we obviously don't have that problem for about the fifth straight year here in Houston with the Astros. And I'll take it. Yeah. And it's, it's not that 
I'm worried about the regular season and and where they are they're going to be at the end of the regular season because this team is so good and Dusty does a good job on long haul managing. I just get concerned about the playoffs. Like you can go back to last year, his decision to go with Bregman, even though Bregman was terrible yep. and he could have gone with the lead Misty as it's stuff like that. The, the, the real quickly though, we want to hit a couple of positives here and let's start with the Astros starters in four games with the Yankees, 27 innings, five earned runs, five earned runs. Arkady's been really good this year. As long as he's not facing the Mariners. If you look at the numbers, he's been He's been a fantastic pitcher outside of the Mariners, but the big picture, Sean, Christian Javier at long last, they've let him be a starter and he's turning into one of those top of the rotation, top three playoff contention type guys that you desperately need. All those that's, that's supposed to be a K all (laughs) those K, but oh my God, he was absolutely filthy. I mean, you know, I, I had a little bit of faith in Christian Javier, to be quite honest with you, before he took a, a solid spot in this rotation. Um, because, you know, let's not forget, um, I don't think we all need reminding, but when Jake Odorizzi was, you know, out of the gate and struggling, I mean, people were uh, cramming for, you know, a little Christian Javier in their lives. Like they couldn't wait for this guy to take the mound. And what he's done in in just a limited amount of time is kind of, um, you know, proven to the fans and to the Astros of what they really already knew, that the guy already had some great stuff and sticks around the strike zone. And, you know, even the balls that land out of the zone, they sure show in the zone for a long time. And you saw it with his slider um, action the other day. I mean, it was fantastic. Um, I, I think, you know, look, big picture, Odorizzi comes back and he's healthy. Um, he's typically going to be a guy that has to ramp up a little bit. Lance McCullers is a gigantic question mark at this point. You know, when he comes back, I think it's a question of just when, not if. Um, your starting rotation is just a beautiful problem. And, you know, again, I feel like if you're the Astros, you look back, Robert, on the last two, three, four years that this team has really been legitimate World Series contenders. Um, and a team that is playing in the ALCS literally every single season, they've had these situations like this before at other positions. And it's a beautiful thing because if you're Dusty, a guy who maybe, you know, struggles making some kind of decisions, you might be able to luck into one or two here or there. You know, an unconventional move to start, you know, X player over Y player can sometimes work out when you're this deep, especially with this rotation. Yeah, and I think if anybody's worried about, oh, we got too many starters, there's going to be injuries for other guys, and then the ones that are on the injured list are going to come back. And I've said it before, still don't trust Lance McCullers. That's another thing. You know, good for him. He's pitching off of a flat ground. He's throwing a slider occasionally. He still can't throw a curveball off the mound. So, you know, wake me when he gets anywhere close, and he's got to start going to the minors and getting some some work in there. Uh, The the no-hitter. We probably spent... Not enough time talking about that to this point. Uh, crazy parts of the no-hitter, a couple of them. As everybody heard or read, nobody's no-hit the Yankees, Sean, since the 50s except the Astros. And they've done it twice now. And can you believe that since the Astros' inception in 1962, no Major League Baseball franchise has more no-hitters than these guys on my hat right here? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's been special. You know, I found a little nugget, you know, and I, I feel kind of 
I am a jinx guy, you know, a little bit. I am, I am kind of superstitious. And so I do kind of, uh, you know, raise my hand ever so slightly and take a little bit of the blame for the Astros blowing the no hitter the other day. Um, because during the course of that in the break from the sixth to the seventh inning, I started looking up, you know, I think of crazy things when crazy things are going on in the course of a major league baseball game. And I was like, man, you know, yeah, I know all the the traditional no-hitter uh, history, you know, with the Astros and the Yankees and just Major League Baseball in general. But I asked myself a question. I was like, man, you know, I wonder, like with the Yankees in particular, who have been no-hit, you know, one of the fewest times out of all the Major League teams in the history of this game, prior to meeting the Astros, only seven, and before 2003, just six, and you mentioned the last time, their fifth in 1958, uh, which I think was, uh, who was it, Hoyt Wilhelm or Virg- Virgil Trucks, one of those guys. I went back and looked at every single time the Yankees had been no hit in the game after. And I think four out of the, no, five out of the previous six times the Yankees had been no hit before they met the Astros, they'd scored either in the first or the second inning. So the Astros, out of their eight no hitters, uh, the Yankees in which they've incurred have held the Yankees scoreless and hitless longer than any other team in its history. I thought that was pretty impressive as well. You buy it into Bregman is back right now, or are you need to see a little bit more from him? No, I look, you know, we talked about ebb and flow and there's a lot of ebb and flow in the course of, uh, uh, you know, the major league baseball season and Bregman, you could say this about a lot of players, basically every player, you know, they've, they've got a hot streak and they've got cold streaks too. And Bregman's kind of a very technical guy, studies his swing and his game maybe more than a lot of other players in this game. And I think he's kind of figured some stuff out mechanically. Um, I don't know if you recall, you probably watched it. I think it was, wouldn't it last Sunday night? I can't remember who the Astros were playing on uh, ESPN Baseball Tonight. Um, their color analyst, former Astro coach. I can't remember his name right now. Um, uh, Hispanic guy, Latino guy, really good uh, ball player in his day. He was a first or third base coach with the Astros, maybe a bench coach for him for a hot minute. But uh, he was talking about Bregman and said he had a chance to catch up with him and notice something with his back foot and talk to him about it. I wouldn't be surprised if Bregman took a little bit of that advice, studied the tape and maybe found something or maybe found something else and just kind of put it together. Um, But nevertheless, ever since that conversation on Sunday night baseball, Bregman's been a different hitter at the plate, a different approach. Um, He's confident about getting around on the ball. We're seeing him do what he does and that's pull the ball with authority uh, to left and left center fields, you know, doubles and homers. Um, Bregman looks like he's back. The question is, is it sustainable? You know, I, I think he's healthy, um, healthy enough at this point in time. You know, a lot of guys are beat up, banged up, bruised up, but does he like where his swing is at? It certainly appears so. When you're doing it in Yankee Stadium on a big stage with a lot of pressure um, in high leverage situations, um, I, I, I'm going to ride with Bregman. Yeah, I just want to see it longer, one good week, a, a few good days. Like I, I got to see it longer. I, I I thought I saw some from the, something from Martin Maldonado, and then he just went back to being Martin Maldonado. It's not, I'm, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but you you don't know if it's just a couple of good days, uh, one good week, or or whatever. He's got to do it consistently over the year. You're going to have your slumps, but he's got to do it consistently. 
we got to see that. I'll, I'll backtrack one thing on the no hitter because I forgot to mention this, but the 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 fans on Twitter, some of them were upset that the television crew didn't mention it. Others were upset that the radio crew did mention it. And my answer to both of those people is. If you don't like the television crew not mentioning it, then turn down the sound and turn up the radio. If, if you don't like the radio guys uh, mentioning it, then then watch it on TV or something like that. I know some people, if you're visually impaired or whatever, but otherwise, you know, you, you've got choices here. And, you know, my opinion is uh, they, they should do whatever they feel comfortable with. And I, I don't mind people talking about it because if you're coming in in the middle of the game, and, and and you don't know it's a no hitter. I mean, it, it's it sure makes you change your mind about wanting to stay with the game. And their job is to keep you watching or listening to the game. And knowing that there's a no hitter going on is part of that thing. That that's what their job is. But you can get creative in how you mention it. You don't need to say, "Hey, there's no hitter going on." It's uh, you know, I actually heard, I believe, Robert Ford uh, the other day. Uh, no, 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 no. It was Todd Callis. Todd Callis on the TV broadcast, and it was the uh, uh, near no-hitter that went uh, six and a third yesterday before the Astros uh, blew it. He said, Astros have five hits, and that's all of them in the ballgame. Like, you know what's going on, you know, if you're listening and you hear the the play-by-play guy say that. I'm a little bit of a superstitious guy, but I'm also not like, what's the, uh, what's the male version of a Karen, you know? I'm not like... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not going to over this stuff. I know Brian McTaggart, you know, and Chandler Rome, you know, they do the same crap all the time on Twitter when there's a no hitter going on, like wherever it is around the league. Certainly we've seen our share of them here in the last handful of years with the Astros, but um, I mean, I'm not going to kill them, but it is fun, you know, as a viewer and as a listener, TV or radio, to hear the play by play guy, get a little creative without just saying, Hey, there's a no hitter going on. But there's also the fact that baseball is long and there's people that if they're watching the game on a Sunday, they're doing their laundry, they're grabbing their kid. You know this because you have to do it. You're grabbing your kid and he's got to go to the bathroom and then he wants to get something to eat and he wants to go get some ice cream. And it's like, uh, son, uh, I just heard the guy say no hitter. Oh, we got to stay here. you know. And, and again, their job is to get people to watch. Now, you know, if Blum wants to do it that way, I don't care. If he's superstitious, do it your own way. But I'm okay either way. I, I just, I, I think there's a lot more made of this. And it's somebody saying a no-hitter somewhere. The Yankees announcers are saying a no-hitter. So uh, should all the Yankee fans turn it? I mean, it's just, it, it, <laughs> if you say the word no-hitter out loud, uh, it's not going to do anything. It just, it all it is is a bunch of hooey-pooey, but I don't know find myself in a situation down the road where I have to take my kid to a bathroom break. If there's a no hitter going on, it's like, if there's a ball game on with any relevant importance, potty train or not, you're wearing a diaper or you're going to hold it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking you to the bathroom. You're going to suffer through. (laughs) The Astros sent down Chaz and Siri with Jake Myers return, Sean, and left Medijevic on the roster. What do you think about that? I think he deserves a shot. I mean, Siri and McCormick have had their opportunity. And, you know, both of those guys, to be honest with you, really have, um, you know, uh, a little pop. But they're just not hitting for average. They're not getting on base. Um, They're not near an automatic out. 
because we know what a threat Siri can be on the bases, though the last time I think he was actually on base, he got thrown out trying to steal second base. Um, but look, you know, those things are going to happen just like those things are going to happen when Presley blows a game here or there. Um, we haven't seen a lot of it. Hell, I the game that Presley pitched, uh, I think it was last week, you know, where he notched a save. It was like a one-run game. And it's crazy. Like, I feel like it's been months since I've seen – uh, Presley in a high leverage situation like that. Now he's had about three of them within the last week. And look, he had one blown save. It's going to happen. Uh, but with Siri and McCormick, like I thought they've had their opportunity. Medijavich, you know, coming up was like what? Uh, two for his first 14. Uh, both of his hits home runs. I think, you know, he brings a little bit of that swag um, that Siri does. But I also think the Astros really like uh, what he could possibly do at the plate and in the field defensively. I think he deserves a, quite a bit of a look, and I think the Astros are going to give it to him. Now, how long of a look he gets with those two guys, with the Skeeters, Siri and McCormick, with Brantley going down yesterday with the shoulder, I haven't seen an update uh, as of yet. I don't know how serious that's going to be, but certainly, you know, Brantley's been rolling and um, they're probably going to be as precautious with him as they would anybody else. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Chaz or Siri, one of the two, uh, get moved right back up. But I like I, I like this guy, Matajevich. I want to see more of him. I like his swagger. I think he deserves an opportunity. Yeah, I think you made it about either Matajevich or Siri or Chaz. And uh, yes, because of the roster move, it was one or the other. But I guess I'm asking you, Jake Myers, uh, is he definitely a difference between Chaz McCormick? Because if you look at their numbers, the strikeout numbers, I think, are per per uh, plate appearance or per at bat, since both of those guys have had chances over the last year, year and a half, are pretty much the same. Their numbers are practically the same in the one thing with Chaz and and I, which I don't think has been quite fair is ever since he's played in the last year and a half it's always like he's rotating with somebody else and it's hard to make any progress as a young player if you're not getting out there consistently and I think I don't know if he has really gotten his chance now I think his strike zone is too wide for me but Jake Myers uh his his strike zone I don't know if it's a whole lot different does he see more pitches like what do you what do you think do you see more from Jake Myers as potential than you do from Siri or 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 Chaz or or is that a just kind of a fallacy that we have right now? Uh, it might be a little bit of a fallacy to be honest with you, but it it just quite honestly might be something that we can't see uh, that the Astros need to see that they're anticipating that they are expecting. Like they might just quite simply have Jake graded out as a guy with uh, a much bigger upside, and they're going to give him that opportunity when fully healthy. And he's fully healthy right now, so I think they're going to give him every opportunity to try and play every day and see what he can do. Um, to be quite honest with you, you know, kind of like Lance, like we know what Lance McCullers can do, right? But you know, Jake Myers came in, and my gosh, like. He was in high leverage situations, making great plays in the field, swinging the bat tremendously last year before he went down, hitting the wall, um, you know, and leaving in the postseason. Like, that was a stinger, man. That hurt. Um, and that's, I feel like, the vision that the Astros 
had. Like it was coming to fruition for them with Myers in the field and him doing his thing. And he'd been out for so long, just trying to get the shoulder right. And I I think now that he's fully healthy, they're going to give him that opportunity. I think it's a a simple thing is them having him graded a lot higher than maybe we would anticipate. Like he's not just another guy. I mean, you look at him, the guy, I'll kind of compare him to Alex Bregman, right? Um, and this, this isn't like the nerdiest baseball thing ever to say, but I watched Alex Bregman throughout his entire LSU career. And you look at him and you're just like, that is a freaking major league baseball player. And he's a stud. And it was never more, I was never more certain about that until I saw Bregman at the college classic at Minute Maid in his last year with LSU. I was never more certain about that with Jake Myers than when he was rolling doing his thing last year for this ball club. So again, I think it's, um, you know, something that the Astros have in mind, have an expectation for him and really believe that he is a guy that can be a star for them. After the Yankees series, Sean, Brandon Belak gets demoted and they brought up Anoli Paredes. This was long, long, long overdue, in my opinion. Not, not exactly sure why this took so long, Sean, because you know, Belak, I don't he shouldn't have been called up the first time. Anoli's overall numbers this year, they've been great. 0.93 ERA right now, 152 batting average against. I've been watching, you know, what he's been doing in Sugarland. We know what kind of arm he's got. Uh, his walk rate and control looked solid all season long. That was the concern with him when he was struggling with the Astros early last year. And if he's doing that, you, you just can't question his stuff. And and, and I, I, just don't, I don't know why it took this long, but I think that's a real positive on this roster. I, I mean, I do too. Um, the positive thing is, is when you, when you're bringing a guy in with that good of stuff and he's seeing the results uh, with his stuff uh, at this point in time where the Astros sure they got some fantastic pitching performances in this Yankee series but their bullpen you know had been seen quite a bit of time Stanek I feel like is a guy that's out there almost every darn day um, you know Seth Martinez you know he was almost the guy that was out there every single day when this team was um, you know struggling to get you know six innings out of guys a week and a half two weeks ago you bring in a fresh arm like that somebody that nobody has a scouting report on yet um, throw out there in some high leverage situations you're getting the starting staff rolling now the confidence is built up after they've all done uh, what they did uh, in a Thursday through Sunday series at Yankee Stadium I think it's really great Paredes He's been a stud. Sometimes I think like it's not just about the performance, not just about the results you're seeing um, in the minor league level, though. Like a guy like Paredes, he knows like, hey, this guy's ready to go. Let's bring him up. What are we waiting for? And Belak seems like the perfect guy to send down. Um, Sometimes I think there's other factors there. I don't know exactly what they are, um, but it's hard to question, um, you know, a team that has seemingly seemed to make all the right decisions when it matters uh, more times than not uh, during this stretch with these players and within the minor league system, the job that they've done developing and just being patient enough, um, not asking, not having to ask too much of uh, any one starter or any one reliever or put guys in um, too high leverage of a situation for their experience. The Astros have done a fantastic job. I'm just glad he's up. And now we get to see uh, what I think many have been missing with uh, Paredes uh, just dominating in the minor league level. 
Yeah, loved what he did the COVID year, and he was so huge both in the regular season and in the playoffs. Two more Astros things, but real quickly, if people are looking for where's where's your Rockets breakdown? Well, you missed it, so just go back an episode on the podcast. Look for it on the YouTube channel. We did a fantastic breakdown with uh, my friend over on Twitter, Frank from HTX Chop Shop. Great spaces he's running all the time over there on Twitter with the Rockets and very knowledgeable, real thoughtful as far as how he looks at the Rockets and just excited about this draft. That's your spoiler if you haven't heard the episode. Me and him are thrilled with it. Uh, A couple last Astros things, Sean. Got to make a quick mention of Jose Altuve's weekend. So uh, before the series starts, he's signing autographs left and right for kids with Yankees gear on. If you didn't see the video up on Twitter, because that's the kind of guy Jose Altuve is. The first AB that day, he gets nailed with the baseball. The jerks at Yankee Stadium immediately boo him. But Altuve being Altuve, he goes ahead and hits two home runs in the series, two doubles. 1455 OPS in the series. It should have been Father's Day because that, I mean, that should have been a Father's Day series because that was Altuve being their daddy one more time. I mean, are you surprised? Like, <laughs> I, I'm just not surprised. Like, you know, in what was it, 2018, um, Altuve was just, it was, he was off. And, you know, was it, was it the, uh, was it the cheating scandal? Like, did it, you know, did that kind of break in and, you know, like there was just something going on and, you know, after the fact, we kind of learn about, you know, he, there was some family issues or whatever going on and that was affecting him and certainly understandable, but everybody always wants to make it about baseball and just kind of what we're seeing and reading and hearing about on the day to day. But uh, that guy, um, you know, I, I think just kind of fed off of Carlos Correa when he stepped up and became the face and the voice of the Astros after the cheating scandal had broke. Um, And I think Dusty, you know, was an incredible leader at that point in time and became even a better one as time's gone on. And Altuve was able to just kind of settle down, forget about what was going on, maybe not forget about it, but at least put it on the back burner and just make it about baseball. Because the thing that, you know, you have to, you know, maybe remind yourself of for a guy like Altuve, you know, it's well documented. We all get tired of hearing about how short he is and, you know, the the long odds that he had of even making it to the major leagues after he was told, yeah, that's a cute kid, you know, uh, try somewhere else, maybe look at the Mexican league, whatever. The guy's a freaking baller. Like, there's not one thing that you could do to this guy to rattle him now. And the last thing that he's probably worried about is some freaking, you know, drunken boo birds at Yankee Stadium. He's going to play ball. He's going to knock the ball out of the ballpark, um, which he said he wasn't probably going to do very much of this season because of a little change in his, um, uh, you know, goal at the plate. Uh, I don't know about like technical stuff that he's doing, but. I'd know this. He's a baller. He can mash and he does it in high leverage situations to shut people up. And I think with Carlos Correa doing what he's doing in Minnesota right now, you need a guy back down here because Bregman ain't been that guy all season, but you need the silencer. You know, Jordan could be that guy, but you need the silencer because everybody looks at Altuve, you know, he is the face of this organization right now, uh, cheating scandal or not. And he proved it once again that he's not a guy to be messed with, uh, especially at Yankee Stadium. That's not going to bother him. 
Well said. And congratulations. Last thing I've got is congratulations to Astros, former number one overall pick, Mark Appel. We interviewed Mark Appel on the show a few years ago. Great guy. Uh, It's crazy to think it's been nine years since he was drafted by the Astros with the first overall pick. It took him this long to make it to the show. So you know what that means to that guy. And, And don't forget, he was an Astros fan growing up, too. Yeah, did you see uh, his uh, uh, Twitter uh, the other day? I think he probably put it all over the place, but his Twitter timeline, I mean, it was awesome, you know, talking about the experience um, and, and just the the honor uh, that it is for him to be called up uh, by the Phillies and have this opportunity after nine years. He even tweeted a picture back out of the locker that he destroyed. Uh, I think it was back in, what is this, 2022, maybe 2000. 14 or 17, one of those years. Did you see the locker picture? It was nuts. I mean, it's like, it was a fist. It was like a, two dozen baseballs, like between his locker and somebody else's, like just plywood destroyed. And you know how hard and thick plywood is to mess up. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm happy for him. Uh, I was never a guy that uh, crushed him for for not making it because you know first round pick fourteenth round pick the draft is a crapshoot. I mean, how many guys did the Astros miss on in that draft in particular? Tim Anderson, Aaron Judge. I mean, there's countless other All Stars and likely future Hall of Famers that got drafted uh, well below Mark Appel in that very draft that a lot of teams missed out on. Uh, whether it was you know they're looking for a different position or you know they missed on them just outright. Um, I'm happy for the guy. I never called him a bust. Uh, I just, I I don't believe in that, you know, from a baseball sense, because the road to the major leagues is so damn long and arduous and just flat out difficult. I respect anybody that gets there, uh, no matter how long they stay, if they can call themselves a big league ball player for one day, damn it, you achieve something. So I I'm, I'm pumped to see Appel as a Philly and hopefully he can stick around for a long time in the major leagues. Yeah. And the other thing is, He came in as a college pitcher, a guy that was getting a lot of innings, and we've seen it so many times, college pitchers. It's just, you know, they take a lot of innings, and sometimes you wear your arm out. And if you're a college pitcher, you're throwing more breaking balls than you probably should because you're trying to miss these stupid aluminum bats because any sort of contact with a fastball and the thing's out of the ballpark. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, like if you would have pitched like in this era of college ball, I wonder if it would have been a little bit different, you know, with the composite bats that they're using now and you don't have the think, you know, sound anymore. And it's not maybe nearly as uh, lethal coming off the end of the bat, though. I don't know. Some of those guys in college are just jacking the ball all over the yard, and, you know, screaming 110 miles, 150 miles per hour off of a, a composite bat nonetheless. But I'm happy for him, man. I, I really am. Um, that that's good to see. I'm going to be a little closet Philly fan for a while this year. Well, we got a Texans podcast coming up soon. So a little bit special one with that. Keep an eye out for it. Always great to talk with you, Sean. Thanks so much for coming on the show and talking with Astros. Absolutely. Glad you had me, man. I appreciate it. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Let's go! Let's go!